Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. On today's episode, we'll go over the topic of multiple myeloma from the oncology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 65-year-old man presents to his primary care physician with generalized fatigue and lower back bone pain. He reports an unexpected 20-pound weight loss over the course of three months. Physical examination is notable for conjunctival pallor and tenderness upon palpation of the lower spine. Laboratory studies are notable for normocytic, normochromic anemia, hypercalcemia, and renal insufficiency. Urine electrophoresis is notable for Benz-Jones proteins. Now, let's get into the episode. As a quick overview, multiple myeloma is a neoplastic proliferation of plasma cells within the bone marrow. This leads to the production of monoclonal immunoglobulin, mostly IgG, making up 52%, and IgA, making up 21%. Multiple myeloma results in skeletal destruction. With respect to epidemiology, as far as demographics, multiple myeloma is typically seen in older adults with a median age of 66 years of age. Risk factors include monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance or MGUS. The pathophysiology involves clonal malignant plasma cell proliferation. Associated conditions include Fanconi syndrome, renal tubular acidosis type 2, increased susceptibility to infection, and primary amyloidosis. Moving on to the presentation of multiple myeloma, symptoms include fatigue secondary to anemia, bone pain especially in the back and chest, radiculopathy especially in the thoracic or lumbosacral area, and know that this is the most common neurological complication of multiple myeloma. This radiculopathy can be secondary to paravertebral plasmacytoma and or bone collapse. Peripheral neuropathy is typically rare and usually secondary to amyloidosis. Sequelae is associated with hypercalcemia, for example constipation, abdominal pain, muscle pain, and frequent urination. Edema is secondary to effects of amyloidosis on the kidneys. Moving on to imaging, radiography can be used as an initial imaging study when evaluating bone pain. However, know that it is the least sensitive method for detecting skeletal lesions. Findings may include lytic bone lesions. A whole body low dose CT scan is used in most cases to have a baseline assessment of how much the bone is involved. An MRI whole body bone scan or an MRI of the spine and pelvis is indicated when the CT scan does not demonstrate bone lesions but there is a high suspicion of multiple myeloma. Know that this is the most sensitive in evaluating bone involvement. An MRI can also be indicated when there is concern for cord compression. A PET scan is indicated when there is suspected extramedullary disease and this is the most sensitive in evaluating extramedullary involvement. As far as studies to obtain in the setting of multiple myeloma, Serum labs may reveal normocytic normochromic anemia, which is secondary to bone marrow replacement, renal damage, and hemodilution with a large M protein. You may also find elevated serum creatinine, secondary to light chain cast nephropathy or myeloma kidney, in which you will see Benz-Jones proteins on urine electrophoresis. Elevated serum creatinine can also be secondary to hypercalcemia. Hypercalcemia will result from osteolytic bone lesions. A protein electrophoresis of the serum or an SPEP will reveal a monoclonal immunoglobulin spike, otherwise known as an M protein, and a peripheral blood smear will reveal a rouleau formation of red blood cells, otherwise known as a stack of coins appearance. Invasive studies include bone marrow aspiration, in which there are greater than or equal to 10% clonal plasma cells. Bone marrow aspiration will also reveal multiple plasma cells with a quote clock face chromatin pattern. Renal biopsy will show amyloid deposits that will show apple green birefringence under polarized light with Congo red stain. Imaging will reveal punched-out lytic bone lesions on radiograph, as we previously mentioned. 
As far as the differential diagnosis for multiple myeloma, the ones to know include MGUS, or monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance, and Waldenstrom macroglobulinemia. As far as the differentiating factors between MGUS and multiple myeloma, MGUS will have less than 10% clonal plasma cells, absence of lytic lesions, and serum M protein is low. The differentiating factors between Waldenstrom macroglobulinemia and multiple myeloma is that in Waldenstrom macroglobulinemia, these patients will have IgM gammopathy, an absence of hypercalcemia, renal involvement, anemia, and bone lytic lesions. Treatment of multiple myeloma is medical, with chemotherapy, which is indicated as the treatment of choice, however the optimal treatment has not been established yet. As far as complications of multiple myeloma, know that it may lead to increased susceptibility to infection, anemia, primary amyloidosis, which will manifest with cast nephropathy due to excess light chain production, and peripheral neuropathy. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 68-year-old man presents to his physician with worsening fatigue, abdominal pain, and a 10-pound weight loss over the past month. For the past year, he has had abdominal pain associated with constipation for which he takes Ducusate. Recently, he developed a feeling of incomplete bladder emptying and decreased urine production. He takes ibuprofen as needed for his chronic low back pain. His mother has a history of rheumatoid arthritis. His temperature is 98.9 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.9 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 150 over 100 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 110 per minute. And respirations are 22 per minute. Physical examination reveals pedal edema and conjunctival pallor. There is tenderness to palpation over the lower thoracic vertebrae. Cardiac, abdominal, and digital rectal exams reveal no abnormalities. Laboratory studies demonstrate a hemoglobin of 11.2 grams per deciliter, calcium of 12.7 milligrams per deciliter, BUN of 50 milligrams per deciliter, creatinine of 2.6 milligrams per deciliter, serum protein of 10.1 grams per deciliter, and albumin of 4.2 grams per deciliter. Which of the following other abnormalities would most likely be seen in this patient? And the choices are 1. Ectopic production of PTHRP. 2. Elevated serum prostate-specific antigen, or PSA. 3. Mixed lytic and sclerotic lesions on radiography. 4. M-spike on serum protein electrophoresis. And 5. Systemic deposition of AL amyloid. The correct answer to this question is 4. M-spike on serum protein electrophoresis. So this elderly patient presents with renal failure, that is oliguria, peripheral edema, and elevated BUN and creatinine, bone pain, fatigue, constipation, and abdominal pain suggestive of hypercalcemia, anemia, and a protein gap which are suggestive of multiple myeloma. An M-spike on serum protein electrophoresis would be expected. To quickly review, serum protein electrophoresis, or SPEP, is the best initial test in patients with suspected multiple myeloma. SPEP can detect monoclonal production of a protein by a malignant plasma cell showing a characteristic abnormal peak or an M-spike in the gamma globulin region. In patients with multiple myeloma, anemia results from bone marrow infiltration by malignant plasma cells with suppression of normal hematopoiesis. Hypercalcemia is caused by increased production of osteoclast-activating factors that result in osteolysis. Renal dysfunction can result from nephrotoxic immunoglobulin light chains like Benz-Jones proteins, which have a direct toxic effect on renal tubular cells. Diagnosis is confirmed with a bone marrow biopsy, which demonstrates greater than 10% plasma cells. Treatment often involves chemotherapy and immunomodulatory drugs. 
To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer one, ectopic production of PTHRP may be seen in paraneoplastic hypercalcemia, commonly associated with squamous cell lung cancer, bladder cancer, and breast cancer. While it would present similarly with symptoms of hypercalcemia, this condition would not explain this patient's renal dysfunction. Answer two, elevated serum prostate-specific antigen, or PSA, is suggestive of prostate cancer. Prostate cancer may present similarly with obstructive voiding symptoms and low back pain if it has metastasized. However, it would not explain this patient's constellation of symptoms that are more consistent with multiple myeloma. Answer three, mixed lytic and sclerotic lesions on radiography are classic radiologic findings of Paget's disease. While Paget's disease may present similarly with bone pain, this patient's constellation of symptoms is more consistent with multiple myeloma, which would present with multiple well-defined punched-out lytic lesions on radiography. Answer 5. Systemic deposition of AL amyloid suggests AL amyloidosis. While AL amyloidosis can occur in patients with multiple myeloma and present with renal dysfunction, it typically affects multiple organ systems, such as the heart, where it can cause restrictive cardiomyopathy, and the gastrointestinal tract, where it can cause malabsorption. This patient has no cardiac or malabsorptive abnormalities. To leave you with a bullet summary, multiple myeloma presents in elderly individuals with fatigue, weight loss, hypercalcemia, renal dysfunction, anemia, and elevated protein gap, and an M-spike on serum protein electrophoresis. And moving on to the final question, a 75-year-old man presents to the physician with a complaint of persistent back pain. The patient states that the pain has been constant and occurs throughout the day. He says that he has also been experiencing greater fatigue when carrying out his daily activities. On review of systems, the patient notes that he has lost more than 10 pounds in the past month despite maintaining his usual diet and exercising less often due to his fatigue. Physical exam is notable for a systolic murmur at the right sternal border, mild crackles at the base of both lungs, and tenderness to palpation of his lumbar spine. Laboratory values are as follows. Serum sodium is 141 milliequivalents per liter. Chloride is 101 milliequivalents per liter. Potassium is 4.2 milliequivalents per liter. Bicarbonate is 23 milliequivalents per liter. BUN is 20 milligrams per deciliter. Glucose is 101 milligrams per deciliter. Creatinine is 1.6 milligrams per deciliter. And calcium is 12.8 milligrams per deciliter. A peripheral blood smear is ordered for the patient's workup. Which of the following would be the most likely finding on peripheral blood smear? And the choices are 1. Atypical lymphocytes. 2. Echinocytes. 3. Rouleau formation. 4. Schistocytes. And 5. Target cells. The correct answer to this question is 3. Rouleau formation. So this patient's presentation of hypercalcemia, back pain, fatigue, and unintentional weight loss is consistent with multiple myeloma, which characteristically produces a rouleau formation on peripheral blood smear. Multiple myeloma is a malignancy of monoclonal plasma cells that arises in the bone marrow and produces large amounts of immunoglobulin, specifically IgG or IgA. Multiple myeloma is the most common primary bone tumor in patients above the age of 50. Clinical features of multiple myeloma can be remembered with the mnemonic CRAB, in which the C stands for hypercalcemia, the R stands for renal involvement, the A stands for anemia, and the B stands for bone lytic lesions slash back pain. In multiple myeloma, immunoglobulins coat the red blood cells and neutralize the ionic charge that normally repels them from one another, which allows the red blood cells to stack together, otherwise known as rouleau formation. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer one, atypical lymphocytes on peripheral blood smear are reactive cytotoxic T cells that are characteristically seen in patients with mononucleosis due to Epstein-Barr virus. 
Answer two, echinocytes are red blood cells with small uniform projections, or burrs, that may be seen on peripheral blood smear in patients with end-stage renal disease, liver disease, and pyruvate kinase deficiency. Answer four, schistocytes are fragmented red blood cells that are characteristically seen on peripheral blood smear in patients with microangiopathic hemolytic anemias, including disseminated intravascular coagulation, or DIC, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, or TTP, slash hemolytic uremic syndrome, or HUS, HELP syndrome, which stands for hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes, and low platelet count, as well as mechanical hemolysis. Finally, answer five, target cells are red blood cells with a bullseye appearance that are characteristically seen on peripheral blood smear in patients with hemoglobin C disease, asplenia, liver disease, and thalassemia. To leave you with a bullet summary, Rouleau formation is seen on peripheral blood smear in patients with multiple myeloma. That's all for this review about multiple myeloma. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.